And ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again. That Ep- time indeed. Episode two of The Drop. Today is cider. I have a cider. I've got a cider. Not the same cider, but we've got one all the same. Here goes. Cheers. Cheers. That was the sound of a can clinking a bottle, which doesn't clink at all. Very unsatisfying. There was no clink. Oh, wow. So, I am currently drinking today's top drop cider, which is Willie Smith's organic cider. And it's actually a bit more taut than I expected. This is the cider that's won the top cider thing. thing mm, Australia's up. best cider. Yes, that's the 2015 word. and best 2016. Cider. It is, I, can, I can word today. Uh, it is uh, certified organic and has been since 1997. But is it certified vegan? Ah, well, that I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't say that, no. But then I'd be surprised if there were any meat products in an organically certified apple cider. Could be a bug or two. Who knows? Let's hope not. Uh, I am drinking the Devil's Bit Cider. Oh, that is our odd drop for today. It is an Irish Orchard Cider. 6%. Not bad taste. It says it's won Great Taste Gold 2013. Mm, and silver in the Irish Food Awards in 2014. So... It's a good drop, too, but it isn't our good drop for today. Well, I look forward to giving it a try later in the show. Now, uh, our good drop for today is the Strongbow Classic Apple Cider. Strongbow Classic. It's been around for a while in various forms. Mm, it has indeed. Strongbow itself has been around uh, since 1962, when it was uh, first made in England. And uh, it is, in fact, the world's leading cider with a 15% market share globally and 29% of the market in the UK, which is, in fact, the world's largest cider market. And the UK actually consumes... And I've got to give you guys exact figures here. 50, uh, 600 million litres of cider each year. It's about 10 times the amount of cider that Australians drink beer. And we drink a lot of beer. We do. That's, that's a lot of cider. Mm. But then apparently cider did come from the UK. So it makes sense for them to drink a lot, given that, yeah, if, if it was discovered there initially, I, the whole culture would, around drinking it would be there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Mm. Uh, first discovered by... The Romans in 55 BC, uh, Julius Caesar would partake in a drop or two after they discovered it in Kent, England. 
Yes, how long it was actually around in the UK before the Romans got there, no one knows. Apparently only the Romans felt the need to record its existence. Got to write everything down somewhere. Very true. Along with those straight roads of them, of theirs. Mm-hmm. Now, back to our discussion on Strongbow, because this, uh, this is very interesting to me. Apart, as well as being so popular, it was actually... Uh, Produced by, um, well, it's currently produced by H.P. Bulmer, who also make Bulmer's cider. They, uh, they bought out the competition. Mm, they did, and uh, were themselves bought out in 2008 by Heineken. Except in Australia and New Zealand, where they were bought out by Foster's. <laughs> so the, there's a lot of overlap between... Cider and beer, as you can hear so far, and by the sounds of it, it's the same sort of uh, monopolizing of the cider industry as what happened with beer. Yes, indeed. I wonder if they had a brewers' union that got bought out by a bigger company. Well, I, I would expect that uh, Foster's saw a market they weren't really in yet that was absolutely booming and decided mm. they had to get a piece. Makes sense to me. Yes, indeed. I mean, uh, cider is the fastest growing alcohol market in the world at the moment. Mm. They have uh, had an increase in popularity of 600% between 2006 and 2016. Holy moly. Yeah, that's, that's a big increase in popularity. It's mm. no wonder there's a lot of different varieties of cider popping up. I wonder if that's driven by it. The, a similar sort of thing as our Alcopop tax that came in nearly 10 years ago now. Mm, it uh, wouldn't surprise me that after the other sweet drinks became more expensive, people started looking around for an alternative. Mm. For those who don't know, uh, that our Australia's Alcopop tax is a tax on premix drinks containing spirits. And it's, yeah, basically soft drink and spirits. So they, the government decided, oh, that sounds like a very good starter point for teenagers and young adults to get totally trashed. So we better slow down their drinking. Yep, so they pushed up the price of pre-mixed drinks. So everyone went and bought Goon instead. Yeah, pretty much. Australia, and, uh, and the inventors of the silver cushions. Mm. And yeah, apparently they bought cider as well <laughs> in vast quantities. They sure do. And even though uh, Australians drink, like the market share of cider is only at about 3% of the moment, it's on the upswing with the cider industry heading towards 660 something million dollars in 2021 up from about 400 and something million dollars uh, as of last year. Mm, which is uh, pretty impressive. It's definitely a growth market. I mean, the uh, mm. our, our market is about 6.7% the size of the market in the UK at the moment, which is worth about $2.8 billion right now. Oh, is that all? Yeah, only that, yeah. They, they do consume 47% of the world's cider. <laughs> 47%? That's a lot of cider. That's, that's a lot of cider, yeah. Sure. That's it. Small, quite a small size as well, small 
landmass. Small, small landmass. Plenty of people. Plenty of people. But um, if if their market is anything to go by, there's a lot more growth to come in uh, in that space in Australia. Mm. And it would seem it's growing into the uh, craft cider industry as well. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of big companies making cider, but there's a lot of good small companies making mm. quality ciders as well. And that's yeah, good uh, to see. Along with all the hipsters, we've got craft beers and craft beers have been really popular over the last 10 or so years and it's it makes sense for cider to follow suit oh absolutely it's a very very similar uh making process as well you've yeah. got your um you got your base ingredient which in this case is apple juice and then you mm. just add yeast in a and a chamber so you don't that doesn't explode well, apple juice or any other kind of fruit juice, really. Mm. Uh, pear is also really, pear really is popular. also very popular. There is a very wide variety of, uh, of ciders available, but certainly apple and pear are the, the two big ones. There were, I think people who, uh, who have a bit of a sweet tooth are probably more likely to go the pear cider than the apple cider because mm. uh, apple ciders tend to be a bit more bitey. But uh, because pear cider is made with a special type of pear known as a peri pear, it's um, actually considerably sweeter than apple cider is. Sure is. Um, now, people will know the name Johnny Appleseed. Mm, they will. He, I know that name. He was the man that brought cider to the US. Uh, he... Uh, basically started up all these orchards through the Midwest. And so cider used to be one of the one of the most popular drinks in the US before Prohibition. Well, that makes good sense, I suppose. It's, it's just as easy to make as beer, and there's probably less chance of you still exploding. Yeah. Uh, large stockpiles of wheat and malt from the Midwest allowed beer to become an alternative to local orchards when uh, the German immigrants came to the US in the early 1900s. Um, unfortunately, there was a unusually cold winter in the early 1900s as well that damaged the trees and the railroads followed by prohibition really sort of put a dampener on cider being the drink of choice for US citizens and so in uh, 1933 the there was only a handful of cider producing orchards left and so beer became the drink of choice just for uh, popularity reasons for um, ease of access yeah, yeah. That's not popularity Ease of access. It became more popular because it was easier to come by. Mm. And admittedly, I, I think that may be why beer has a slightly bigger market for um, the smaller companies, because you don't need an orchard. You don't need access to fresh fruit to be able to homebrew mm. or make and, a small... And the dry ingredients of hops and barley are much easier to transport because they don't weigh so much. Yes, that, and they, they won't be as easy to damage in transport either. Hmm. 
All right. So I'd just like to point out that uh, although we're using the words cider, we're, if you're in the US, we're also talking, we're, uh, we are actually talking about hard cider, not just straight apple juice. Yes, the, the alcoholic stuff. Mm. That's basically what the good job's all about, the alcoholic stuff. The alcoholic stuff. To be consumed responsibly. To be consumed wisely. Yes. Wisely and responsibly. Clink. Clink, indeed. <laughs> because uh, responsible consumption is important, especially when talking about ciders. Because pear cider, made of peri pears, does, when consumed in large quantities, have a laxative effect. Not to mention the huge amount of sugar that's in cider compared to beer. Yes, correct. Five to ten times as much. Mm. So if you're on a, a low-calorie or a low-carb diet, cider isn't the drink for you. Very true, but it is tasty. How is your top drop, Nickel? Well, after a few more mouthfuls, that initial tartness that kind of whacked the palate on my first mouthful is uh, quite a bit more mellow. And, you know, I'm getting some, uh, some sweetness out of it that I didn't initially see. It's definitely organic. It's got a flavor to it that you just don't get from an apple cider from one of the larger mass market companies like your Strongbow or your Summersby. It's um, definitely a traditional style apple cider. I'm looking forward to trying one of those later. Yes, yeah, so how is your odd drop? How is the Devil's Bit Mountain? The Devil's Bit Mountain Cider. It's really nice. Uh, it tastes quite a lot like apple juice, but not terribly sweet. It's got that little bit of tartness to it, as you'd expect if you bit into an apple that wasn't, I guess, 100% ripe. Like that sort of tangy... Oh, yeah, it's just that... Mm. But it's not sweet, not 100% sweet like a Summersby is. Oh, which is very, very good. I mean, because uh, mm. obviously a, a good drop, the Strongbow Classic, it's it's a little bit dry, but it's still got that sweetness really, to it. But no tartness at all. Yeah, no, no tartness at all. No, it's it's not excessively sweet, but it's it's much drier than uh, than the Willie Smith is. That's that's for sure. The Willie Smith, it, it's not particularly dry. We're, we're really hard-pressed to find any history about the Willie Smith. There doesn't seem to be much online. We've scoured the internet and the website. We, we know the, uh, the orchard itself was founded in 1888. In a, uh, in a small town called Huon in Tasmania, and that it has been there the entire time, though they've expanded it since 1888. But uh, apart from that, and that it went organic in 1997, we really don't have much more to tell you. Well, of course, except for you know, the, the awards they won in 2015 two and awards. 2016. Two awards. And I, uh, I do see why. It's, it's definitely... I mean, yeah, if you're going to say that you've got an organic cider... You better make it good. You better make it good. And they, they have. This this tastes every bit what you would expect from an organic apple cider. 
So what would you rate it? How many bottle how many bottle caps out of 10? Oh, out of 10, I'd uh, I'd probably give it 9 bottle caps. I mean, it's I, I don't want to give 10 just in case I ever taste something better, but I'm going to give it 9. It's does it lose lose points for anything? I think as as it warms, it tastes like it's definitely something you want to drink chilled. Mm. You, you want to keep it cool. And the, the bottle itself says that it's best consumed at eight degrees Celsius. That's and I, I, I will... Not ad- quite straight out of the fridge. Mm. But I, I will admit that as it's been coming up to room temperature, I have been noticing a difference in the palate. Difference in the palate. It's been... Sounds like mm. a well-crafted beer. Yeah. I would give the Devil's Bit maybe a seven and a half or eight out of ten doesn't have a lot of nuance to the flavor um, but it is a really good one just to sit and drink maybe over some ice where you're not worried about watering it down too much mm, well that's that's certainly something we can all enjoy at some point mm. like if you're at a at a friend's house having a drink as we are as as we are yes having well, a as drink. i am in, enjoying the evening yeah and the weather's warming up, so a nice cool cider is perfect. Yep, exactly what you want when it's not beer week. It's nice cider. cool cider, yep. So when did you first have cider, Mickle? Oh. How old were you? You were Gosh. underage, weren't you? I, 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 don't I think, knew it. Uh, I don't think I was, actually. I think my, my first cider, I can't point exactly when I had it, but I recall somebody... Somebody at uh, at a function I was at was drinking Strongbow, and they gave me they gave me a Strongbow to have Strongbow. because I I was out I was out of whatever I was drinking, and oh. I was was given a Strongbow. I mean, I'll, I'll admit I've been given a number of ciders over the years. Uh, Strongbow, Summers Bee in a can, yeah, because yeah, people the buy those. I had yeah, Summers Bee. Um, yeah, the the cans of Summers Bee that you get in those ten packs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're really, really popular for people trying to save a buck. Mm, they, they certainly are. Uh, but my, my first cider was a Strongbow as well. I had, a, had one back before they had the dry classic and sweet. It was just Strongbow. And um, we, my family had a dinner party and, um, yeah, I, I got to have one of those. I, was, I think I was about 14 or something. Sorry, Mum. Yeah. Well, I'll, um, I'll admit, I still remember the Strongbow Stay a Little Bit Longer campaign. No, that's too early for me. Which was... Um, Must have been a while ago. Wait, was that... Maybe that wasn't even Strongbow. Uh, there was definitely... There was another campaign with somebody whistling and they had that song about a pub with no beer. But of course, it had it had strongbow cider, so I didn't. oh, it had cider, so that's yeah. all right. So it was all right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah that, that that's going backwards. I mean, I I was a wee lad back when that ad was on TV. That's oh, right. I was a wee lad. weren't even old enough to drink cider at the time. Mm. It's good though. It's a good ad. Stuck with me. <laughs> Pop with no beer, but cider, clever. Yeah, there's another cider ad. I was. I remember. It's that 
I forget who it is now, but it was uh, this person riding a bicycle with a was a, a lady's body, but a guy's head. Mm. I think it was Summersby, actually. Oh, yes, that sounds about right to me, yeah. Yeah, there's been some... Uh, you, you don't see the face until, like, right at the end, and then they turn around and it's a guy's head with a beard and... I think this was before uh, trans was okay. Well, socially acceptable, acceptable rather. Oh, yeah, so it had the shock factor. Because mm. people weren't... It, it was very, very rare for someone to be trans and out back then. Mm. Uh, not like it is today. Yeah. I wonder if an ad like that would even be okay to screen today. Mm, I don't know, but now that, uh, yeah, now that I think about it, since the uh, since the turn in the market with uh, with cider becoming more popular, I don't think I've seen as many ads for it. Mm. But then I I haven't seen many ads for for drinks at all. Yeah, no, that's true. Advertising for drinks has has reduced. That's probably a government thing too, because you don't see or hear much advertising for gambling either. No, no, very true. I mean, uh, I do recall seeing the occasional Bogues ad. Mm. And you see billboards for them as well. Yeah. But not, not much on TV. But then I haven't watched TV for about 10 years now. I try and avoid it if I can. Yeah, it's true. Who gets off the internet long enough? <laughs> right. <laughs> we love you, listeners. Stay with us. Yes, yeah, stay on the internet. I am now going to fetch myself a Devil's Best Mountain. Well, while, while he does that, I'm going to read off some news. This is from the West Australian. Australia's taste for alcohol is at a nine-year high. Only nine. I guess they were drinking a bit more beer back in 2008. When is that? Is that when um, John Howard left Parliament or earlier than then? Um, uh, it was earlier than then. We had uh, Kevin 07. Kevin 07. Oh, that's right. So Howard's last year was 06. Ah, so it can't be a political reason. Tasty craft beers and people with a penchant for cider have helped Australia record its first increase in alcohol consumption in almost a decade. The ABS, the Australian Bureau of Statistics, figures show a lift in mid-strength and full-strength beers, more consumption of ciders, while even ready-to-drink spirits are back on the menu for those who like a drink. That's surprising. Maybe the tax is a, f- a fixed tax, not a percentage. I think it is. And I also think that as, as a new generation for whom that has just always been the price mm. comes along, they're not seeing it as being more expensive. That's just what it costs. Right. I remember when the tax came in. Um, that's a satisfying sound. It sure is. Cheers. Uh, yeah, I remember when the tax came came into effect, the uh, price of a case of uh, Smirnoff Double Black went from about $60 to $108. Yeah, and now I that don't... That was the last time I bought a case of that. I don't think you can even get it in cases anymore. No? Huh. I, I, I see the 10 packs, but I'm not sure. I mean, maybe it's just that I'm not looking because I'm not mm. looking to spend that much. No, on... I... I'd just gotten a job and I had 
lots of disposable income. So I thought, you know, why not? I'm at, I'm partying. I'm young. I'm yeah. 18. And if, if I'm spending $100 on vodka, I'm buying, yeah, two you buy- bottles of something good, maybe three bottles of something good. <laughs> three bottles of something okay. Mm. Yeah. But well, that, that's like one... One bottle of one bottle of Belvedere, Belvedere. Or, <laughs> yeah. or Grey Goose, or um, uh, Summit. That's a really yes. nice drop too. We'll talk about that in a future episode. Yes. Stay tuned, listeners. Yes, when uh, when we eventually make our way to vodka, it's not too far down the track. Not too far down the track. All right, Australia's. Alcohol consumption was almost 13 litres a person in the mid-70s. By 2015 and 16, it had fallen to 9.5 litres a person. Mm. Mm, well. Uh, but the Bureau said consumption had risen to 9.7 litres a person last year on the back of a big spike in beer drinking. The main contributors to the rise in pure alcohol available for consumption per person was beer which also increased for the first time in nine years to nine, oops, sorry, to 3.9 litres of pure alcohol per person aged 15 years and over. So among beers, the biggest increase was in consumption and mid-strength, though full-strength beverages are also enjoyed a solid, solid lift. So basically, everything's gone up except for low-alcohol beers... And which have gone down, and premix, which has stayed about the same, which sort of makes sense mm. when when you think about it. So while beer is back in the glasses of Australians, it is still a shadow of its former dominance. Alcohol consumption via beer has fallen seventy five percent since the nineteen sixties, which is very interesting. I yeah. really thought that Australia was drinking more alcohol than previously. Yeah, but apparently not. Though um, cider consumption heavily on the rise. Yeah. Despite the uh, the reduction in overall alcohol consumption. Mm. So Australia is losing its edge. We've uh, we've drunk ourselves into a stupor, I guess. Yeah. So eventually, we may be outdrunk by the Irish. We're not already? I don't think so. They've had a lot longer to drink than we have. They have, they have. They've been drinking a long time, but you have to remember, there were a lot of Irish founding Australia. True, true. A lot of Irishmen, a lot of Scotsmen, a lot of Brits. Funny that. Yeah. Well, especially when you consider that Britain is, in fact, England, Wales, and Northern Ireland. Mm. And Australia was colonised by the Britons in 1788. Oh, the British, sorry. Yes, the British. Not the Britons. That's a different era. Mm. So that draws our episode to a close, ladies and gentlemen. No, well, not quite. I have to comment on the uh, my thoughts on the Devil's Bit, and you need to try the Willie Smiths. The Willie Smiths. Well, here we go. So what do you think, Mickle? So I'm... I agree with your thoughts that it's um, it's a lot like the mass-produced ones initially, but then it does kind of it does have that standard sort of apple juice bite to it. Mm. 
without the excessive sweetness that you would get from a summer's beer or a strongbow. Yeah, I really like it. I really yeah. like that one. It's 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 very uh, it's very pleasant, and yeah, I definitely I wouldn't rate it up there with the Willie Smith, but it's it's as good. Romy, you got to give the Willie Smiths a go because it um, it takes a couple of mouthfuls for it to sort of yeah. mellow. You're right because that that initial mouthful of it was is very very tart, a little bit mm. bitter. Lots of lots of nuance. Yes, as it were. It's very very interesting. All right, guys. So one and a half drinks down and I am definitely a little tipsy so that means we're wrapping it up before we get too silly thanks for for listening Uh, be sure to subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already you can find us on Facebook a good drop podcast or you can send us an email a good drop at gmail.com send us suggestions Uh, drinks you want us to cover feedback you name it we'll listen maybe and we'll raise a drink to our listeners thanks for listening thanks for listening be sure to tune in next time when we talk about red wine red red wine it's gonna be good catch you next time listeners Cheers. cheers